2: The following program is pre-recorded. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. from the advisor or any other investment professional.
0: Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-9010-945. That's 216-9010-WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington.
3: Well, welcome back, everybody. Good to be here. Nice morning out there. It looks like a little bit gray, but that's okay. Yeah, just glad to be alive. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes that's a lot. (laughs) But anyway, uh, not you know everything was kind of quiet this week. I was uh, actually pleasantly surprised that uh, things ended up relatively unchanged. And I hear that uh, uh, you know I watch a lot of financial shows on television, and the thing that kills me about these guys is they're. They're talking about, hey, this is a uh, a new one-year high, and that makes everybody think that you know stocks are doing wonderfully. Well, if you take a look, it's a new high for this year, but uh, the market's all peaked in uh, January December of 2022, <laughs> and it's not back to those levels yet. So And it confuses people, and it makes them upset. They're hearing, new high, new high. That's what they remember. And then they go look at their, their accounts, and they go, that's not a new high. Because uh, most people will take a look, well, somewhere, probably once a month, I think, uh, and they remember seeing those balances that are higher than they are now, and they're wondering why. Uh, and surely the television shows wouldn't be putting any misleading information out there. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and it's not. I mean, their information is not uh, not correct, but they're leaving out a couple of very important facts. The fact is that the in January of 2022, most markets peaked, and we still have a good uh, probably 10-12 percent, which is the long-term average of the S&P uh, 500. If you go back to the mid-1920s, the uh, we've got to do we've got to go up as much as it gone up in the average over the past 100 years just to get back to where it was 2022. And I just hate to see people get so scared in uh, not knowing that that's what's been happening. By the way, bonds, on the other hand, I know people thought I was crazy when I started doing this, but bonds peaked in 2020. This has been one of the worst of four-year time periods for bonds since the 1970s. And, you know, I was just a kid back in those days, believe that or not, and so I didn't really know what was happening in the bond market at that point in time. But this is the, uh, the worst that it's been since the 1970s. And the aggregate bond index, you know, the one that everybody said you couldn't beat, okay, it's down eighteen point seven percent since two thousand twenty, and, and those are bonds. Those are high quality bonds, and they're relatively short term. Uh, here's Barclays twenty year Treasury Bond Fund. Well, it peaks right around the same time. It's down thirty nine percent. You know, people that bought those long term Treasury Bond Funds will probably not live long enough to see that get back to where it was, and that that's horrible. That's very sad. That's avoidable. You know, we've been holding a uh, super short-term bond fund. I think its current yield right now is right around 5% or so. I would tell you what the symbol is, but I don't have permission from the uh, underwriter and you're not supposed to do that kind of stuff anyway. Uh, so, but if you want to call or you want to send me an email, I'd, I'd be glad to send you all the information that you'd need on it. And it's a short-term actively managed bond fund. And it's actually an ETF. Uh, so an ETF stands for Electronic uh, Traded Fund, and or Exchange Traded Fund, rather. And it's a uh, fund that you can buy and sell during the day like you could buy and sell a stock. There's all kinds of stuff that I'm not going to go into over there. Just uh, uh, if you want to talk about it, uh, feel free to give me a call because I would put half the people that are listening to this show to sleep and some of you guys are driving out there so <laughs> i uh, uh i'd be glad to talk about it in person uh, but yeah i that long-term government bond fund and the yield on it by the way back in 2020 was somewhere around 3% or so when interest rates were near zero and it seemed like it was really attractive and now that your principal's down 40% now what you know that's that's tough uh, fortunately or unfortunately, um, that you might be able to, if if they start dropping interest rates at some point in time, if the economy continues along the path that it's going now, slowing actually slowing very little now. Uh, the uh, rapid great, great rapid growth rate in the slowdown, <laughs> as we've already passed that but it can always turn right around again. Uh, if um, If the economy goes into recession and then they start to lower interest rates back down again, those bond funds that have gone down the most will go up the most. But here's my point. Why would you want to have to try to worry about that? You've got to accurately predict the financial future of the bond market. And let me tell you something. There are fewer... Professional bond fund managers that outperform the bond indexes than there are stock fund managers that outperform the stock indexes. In other words, there are more stock fund managers beating their indexes that they get compared to than there are bond fund managers. And there aren't very many of either one of them. So that's the, uh, that's a tough one. And I'm just holding shorter stuff, uh, short. T- Short-term stuff. And I'm trying to, uh, you know, the, the actively managed funds are, are a lot nicer because they're going to do what they need to do. You'll still get some fluctuation in there. Because when you put bond into a fund and sell it across the stock exchange, you've just turned it into a stock. So it's going to fluctuate. It just doesn't fluctuate as much if you're in the right one. And uh, you've got professional management there, which is a, is a big deal particularly in these days. Uh, on uh, the stock market, uh, oddly enough, there's a, not as difficult to pick winners as it is in the bond market. And uh, uh, as I, I just mentioned, the bond market has a tendency to beat just about every bond fund manager out there. So there are some strategies with stocks that end up doing better. And incidentally, you know, I... I Jeez, I always forget something. I forgot to tell you. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, overall the asset allocation. Uh, we're going to go into fixed indexed annuities because those make a lot of sense right now, particularly with the interest rates that they're paying. They're significantly higher than Treasuries or CDs. Uh, if you don't take the income, it's tax deferred. It's guaranteed. We'll come back to all that stuff on the next segment. And the last segment of today's show, we'll talk about individual stocks. You know, that everybody kind of likes that, or not everybody, but uh, a lot of people really like that. And I still do uh, a lot of individual stocks. It's a something I've probably I've just enjoyed it for so long. It's not a large percentage of my portfolio anymore. In fact, it's only about twenty percent. And uh, that's kind of what I would recommend for most people. If you really like stocks, then just Allocate 20%. Use these funds because it is going to be incredibly difficult to outperform these funds, especially going forward. Going forward, it, it's been getting harder each year, incidentally, to have performance that's within 1% or so of the uh, F&P 500 has been really a chore. The number of funds that have been able to do that are incredibly small. I know a lot of uh, the academics say, well, you know what? Um, You should still hold these underperforming funds and the whole Ibbotson thing and Morningstar. They tell you to hold these certain categories, and those categories have gotten – they just haven't done as well. And here's the thing. I don't know if they're going to do as well in the future because of the growth in the ETF market and the impact I've been witnessing over the past five to, to six years. That's when it's the impact has really been felt. The past five or six years has been felt much more significantly than it had before that time period uh, because there's been an acceleration in the rollout and acceptance of these things as investment, and it's really within the past five or six years that it, it's really stood out significantly. And I don't think those changes are going back. I think the, these changes are here now. This is how the, the new market operates. And you've got to basically watch – you've got to watch it. It's very, very difficult to outperform these guys that are sitting around with computers. And, uh, you know, they've done this for decades, and they're building these models. Same thing I used to do, uh, oh, 10, 15 years ago. When I just yeah I was new i I'm new, new I was ahead of them <laughs> I was ahead of the curve for a while, but uh, they've got a whole lot more money than I do and they've done the exact same things I was doing they're exactly the same and they've had enough you know they have enough in resources to do a whole bunch of strategies that I don't have time to do and uh, but thank goodness they're out there and the the fees on these funds are incredibly small I mean that that's the part that really surprises me is how low the fees are on the funds, which is great. It's, uh, as an investment advisor, you know, we make our money for managing assets. It's a uh, percentage of assets. And the less money the fund managers are taking out, the more money the clients get. That works wonderfully. And I'm not affected, incidentally, by the amount that's being charged. If you can justify it, then that's great. If you've got much higher returns or you've got lower returns but you have a lot less risk, well then that's worth it. That's worth paying a couple extra, you know, twenty basis point, even up to one percent. The uh, because if you can make that back through performance, it's it's wonderful. So anyway, I feel like I should probably give out the phone number again. It's two one six nine oh one oh nine four five, two one six nine oh one oh nine four five and watching interest rates move the way they have looking at the uh The typical bond fund uh, is getting hurt really badly. The short and intermediate term bond funds are not getting hurt too much, so there's there's still a good place for that. Uh, If you're looking at where should I be as far as you know, stocks, bonds, and cash? Well, that comes back down to your risk tolerance. That you should be deciding how much risk you're going to take before you put the portfolio out there. And I am so pleased. That I came out with this questionnaire. It's super simple. I mean, there's like five or six questions in there. And the hardest question is how much of a decline are you willing to see in your portfolio in an effort to reach your goals in the long run? That's going to be the key deciding factor over how well you do, how much money you can take out safely to supplement your retirement income, uh, any other sources of income you have—Social Security, a pension, maybe you have some you know, a business or real estate. The uh, when when we sit down with somebody to put that together, we take a list of all that stuff. And uh, incidentally, next week I'm going to come in and go through one of those. Uh, just want I'm going to make up through uh, uh, but things I've seen before in multiple cases. So. Um, Every one of you that clients right now you can uh relax. I'm not allowed to use your data, <laughs> but the uh but I've been doing this long enough to know I can put this together and uh pretty realistically so and it's really simple i mean that that's the part that uh I worked for a long time on and had to learn so much stuff just so that I could know what not to pay attention to and that's a major. That's a major task and it is a major task. It gotta be like being a cook and you've never cooked anything before, and somebody gives you all the ingredients to make a uh, spaghetti sauce, but you have to write you know you have to create your own uh recipe well, you know how many times that's gonna take you and that's if you're smart about it and you write everything down <laughs> okay, this time I use one clove of garlic. <laughs> And uh, that's basically what you have to do in this industry. You got to look through all that stuff. Eventually, it starts to make sense. And that's one of the reasons I have a job. There are an awful lot of people who don't want to take the chances in that, and I get it. You know, the, uh If I weren't doing this for a living, I would, I would try to find somebody who's doing exactly what I'm doing. And that's uh, part of the uh, the practice. I really want to be the guy that I would want to go to. And so what does that mean? Uh, listen to what I have to say. Uh, help me decide how much risk I, I think I can really take. And that, that's a hard one, by the way. I've tried to make it easier, but it's still pretty difficult, particularly if you're married. If you're married and you've been handling all the finances, whether it's the husband or the wife, yeah, and the other party's not too interested, I'm telling you right now, that's tough. And you're going to have conversations that are probably going to get a little heated over time. And then that's another reason uh, when you're married and you want to put together a, an idea or a, uh, <clears throat> a financial plan for paying things out over your retired ex- life expectancies, then uh, you've got to uh, have the general rules to work by, and then you can tweak those rules to fit your specific um, wants and needs and and here's where it gets pretty tough you know there's the we have we've got a lot of tools that we can use to help you do that and they're they're fairly simple fairly easy to use and I'm going to have to wait until after this commercial break to tell you more about them uh, because it's coming up here in about uh, 20 or 30 seconds but this is Bill Bullington I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon can reach me in my office, 330-664-0700, if you would like to, or go to BullingtonCapital.com. And I'm going to take this real quick commercial break, and I'll see you back here in a few minutes.
2: He is jealous. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The Parkinson's Foundation knows that the disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them.
1: If you have questions, the Parkinson's Foundation has answers.
2: We can help you understand the disease. And give you tips for living a better life. Find your answers at Parkinson.org or call 1-800-473-4636. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together.
1: Johnny Kirk goes on the attack. I'm exhausted talking about the Biden thing. It doesn't interest me, but I have to get over that. With Jim Jordan and Speaker McCarthy, we have to now say, "Okay, you're going to run this crook for the White House in 2024. Equal and opposite reaction, folks. This guy is the El Chapo of political corruption. He is the kingpin.
0: The Charlie Kirk Show. Weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The answer.
2: And Odyssey. From
0: an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's car donation program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply. Apply today.
3: Hallelujah.
2: Say amen. Devil had me in the grave. Jesus told him to think again. Hallelujah. That's what I say. Cause I'm a born
3: again resurrection. And we're back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. If you feel like you would like to get a hold of me and talk about your situation, just go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. And, uh, or call us 330 700. I will tell you this the calling is probably the better way to go. Ever since the pandemic, our internet connectivity is in and out during certain time periods, which is blows my mind. I mean, we, we're in Fairlawn, Ohio, in a nice office building, relatively new. And uh, I just can't believe how bad this idea is. The internet services have been, and and I know why. It's because we are off the beaten path. We are right off of Route 18 and 77. Now you would think that that you know that should probably be a pretty good area, and the vast majority of the time it is. Uh, but uh, man, we've just had an incredible time. I I can't tell you how many hours we've sit uh, sat waiting, and we don't know if it's our connection or their connection uh, that's not going through. But uh, and that's one of the benefits. Of working with a firm like ours, you know, you got to get stuff done. We stay there until we got to get it done. You need money uh, wired out, transferred out. Uh, there's an emergency somewhere. We'll get it done, and we'll sit there on the phone and wait, and uh, until we can get a hold of somebody to make sure that we can get your needs met. So that's the uh, I feel very strongly about that. In fact, me and my team have a team. Assigned to us at each one of our custodians, and they all know who we are, and we know who they are, and uh, we've got their direct dial numbers, and it works really well. Uh, My staff will answer their phone. I've I've had them answer their phones at ten o'clock at night before when we've had a uh, an emergency. So uh, anyway, we're talking a little bit about the uh, um, fixed income, and you know the uh, better the higher performing. Products out there. When you buy bonds, by the way, bond prices fluctuate. Right now, the shorter bonds are paying a lot more than the long term bonds are. So, what that means is you're getting a higher interest rate, and the shorter term bonds are not going to fluctuate nearly as much as long term bonds will. It's one of the reasons, uh, by the way, the fluctuation in general, some people just can't stand any fluctuation. So, the What they're taking is a, uh, a CD, uh, and we've got tons of CDs out there. They're uh, paying pretty well. We've got fixed indexed annuities. The fixed part is the part that I'm, I focus on. What are, you, what are your guarantees? That's what I want to know. And uh, that other part is about the indexes that they're going to invest in, I really don't care. Yeah, I just want to know what your guarantees are because that's what I'm using that for is the guaranteed portion uh, of the portfolio or the portion that's got higher guarantees than stock market does. And uh, right now the rates in there are pretty good. See, I pulled up an example on, I lost it. I'll have to wait till the next segment to get it. But uh, next segment, I'll pull up an example of somebody who is 66 going to be 67 next year, going to, qualify for full Social Security. By the way, this uh, is a nationwide product, and they don't discriminate between um, males and females, so that's good. Uh, There's a website that you can actually go to. I'll look that up, too, and I'll give that out. Uh, Or you can email me, and I can just shoot you a link over to it. You put your age in there and how much money you uh, have to invest, and it'll tell you how much income it'll give you. Or you could do it backwards and say, "Okay, this is how much income I would like to have guaranteed, and how much money would I need to do that and that's available on their website and again, you can always call instead of a phone meeting. we can walk through that or go through that together not uh, not hard uh not a big deal so that's one of the other things i um, it, I don't know how I feel about this. I hear a lot of other financial planning shows, and they sound so good and they they go into so much detail and a lot of it is feel good stuff and i just wonder what happens when they get to the point where you know they're going to uh how much income can i take safely now, i use an estimation tool by uh, blackrock they're one of the largest asset managers on the planet uh they're right up there with fidelity and vanguard i think they're they may be bigger than both of them now and uh um Incidentally, that reminds me, somebody was asking me about ESG, and I know the guy, uh, think that runs Fidelity. He, he's kind of liberal, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, some ways not so much, but the, uh, um, they've got some funds that won't invest in, uh, a stock unless it's ESG approved. And I don't look at that. Most of the indexes, and they're the biggest index provider on the planet. Okay. And when there's an index, they're not allowed to change that unless they tell you they're going to change it. And then they have to, to tell you. And they can't then use uh, the trademarks for, like, say, the S&P 500. Uh, they're not allowed to use that if they've altered the stocks that they're putting in there. They have to change the name. So you can find out which fund are uh, ESG or not by just digging a little deeper and Going to the website, reading about the fund. And quite frankly, the funds that they uh, are excluding are such a small percentage from an ESG. And I have no preference. I mean, most of the non ESG indexes have done a little bit better than the ESG. And it's just, it, it makes sense to me. And uh, so I'm really just looking at the. Uh, what kind of risk am I taking and what kind of return am I going to get? And that's what is m- what matters most. And I know there are a lot of companies in, at some point in time those companies are going to be dealt with. You know, They're going to have uh, legislation that they're going to have to comply with and uh, just as, the faster the government gets to it, the better I think. But uh, Anyway, I, I hate bringing this kind of stuff up uh, on my uh, talk show. I, I know that For some people, it they're just you know you can do whatever you want. Let me put it that way. You can actually have whatever you want to have. Uh, Now, if you go to Vanguard, if you go to Fidelity, any of these other firms, everybody has all the same funds. They have access to all the same funds, unless it's a super proprietary. Let me uh, tell you about super proprietary fund. A lot of big firms have them. You cannot figure out what the costs are of those funds, because if you read the perspectives carefully, they don't actually have to tell you, because they can't tell in advance what those expenses might be. What I can tell you, they have a tendency to be very high, (laughs) and so all the really super high-net-worth people that are giving these special investment programs that are just for high-net-worth Investors, they know how busy you are. You didn't get to be super high. Well, you might have inherited the money, but you didn't get to be super high net worth if working on your own by spending the time to read every prospectus of every fund you've ever invested in. And they know that. And uh, it's a, I think it's just a riot that those things are still here. I thought they would have been gone a long time ago. And uh, but you know, uh, I guess I can see why if. If you're busy out there making a really good living, uh, making a lot of money, you don't have time to read a you know 300-page perspective and, and figure out what the management's discussion is. And then go check on all the individual holdings in there to see if they're holding up to what they said they were going to do, which, by the way, the SEC and FINRA does anyway. But, the uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Uh, it's a lot of rhetoric. And, uh, you know, I lost track I feel bad for people and do that quite a bit. But I was just looking at uh treasuries that you could buy. And uh right now the highest yielding treasuries are uh looks like two thousand twenty four. Wow, these aren't even a year and uh they're four point five I'm sorry, five point four uh, five and five point four five percent that's the yield to worst that means if they were callable and they got called, that's what you would get. Um, the coupon rate, that's, people get this mixed up all the time. That's one of the reasons I, I'm a really big fan of bond fund. See the guys that are running the fund that uh, I got most of my fixed income money in? Uh, they're out there doing this. They understand exactly what I'm talking about. When I say it's yield the worst and what's the ask price, it's 97.64. Uh, what's a coupon, 2.5. They they know what all that means, uh, and uh, they're doing. This is what they do every day for a living. They don't charge a whole lot to do it. That that's what really shocks me. I mean, it's an actively managed fund, and it, it, the expenses are incredibly low. <laughs> so, do I want to duplicate their efforts, or do I want to give up maybe ten one hundredths <laughs> of a percent? I think I'll give up the ten one hundredths of a percent and let them do it. The uh, uh, they're probably going to do a better job only because that's all they do and they pay attention to it. You go for a month or two after a bond has gotten called or a CD's gotten called or a treasury's gotten called or and you don't realize it and the money just sits there for a couple months. The uh, you know, that's a problem and your actual returns probably not going to come anywhere close to that uh, actively managed fund. Um, and if it is, it's because, you know, you spent an inordinate amount of your time uh, managing that. Now, if you're retired, by the way, I think this is great. The, the next seminar we're going to do, we're going to do one in the fall. I haven't done a seminar since the pandemic. By the way, I was a long hauler, and uh, I can't believe how long <laughs> that had lasted, that COVID. That, it was nasty. But uh, anyway, came through feeling, feeling better than I did before I even got it. But, uh, you know, i had it for quite a while. So I haven't done any seminars in a, in a long time. But we'll do one in the fall because if you are at home and you want to do some of this stuff, uh, I'm going to tell you that uh, I'll show you the shortcuts, what to look for, uh, and uh, basically show you how to be a, a more professional fixed income manager uh, if that's what you have interest in doing. And there have been a ton of developments. In fact, a lot of the funds that I'm going to be uh, that I'm using now, I wasn't using uh, even four or five years ago. Some of them are still the same, but there have been a lot of advancements in that industry. Quite frankly, four or five years ago, a lot of these funds were only two, three years old. And back in those days, you know, five years ago, if if you didn't grow really, really fast, it would just shut the fund down. And they were they were shutting funds down left and right, and they were bringing new ones out left and right. So that part's been uh, lovely to keep up with. <laughs> and uh, but there are there are some that are doing some things that that I used to do. Maybe some of you remember uh, a long time ago the momentum fund. There are ten different versions of each one of the models that I used to to use, and there may even be more now. So it's actually, you're actually better off because inside the fund, they can convert short-term capital gains and transactions. You don't even see them. They don't have to report them. So as long as you don't sell the fund, it's tax deferred. Think about that for a second. And that is amazing. You don't have to go through all those little transactions when you're rebalancing the, the portfolio because it's being done for you inside the fund. How convenient is that? And you get a tax break. That is mind boggling. And it's unbelievably inexpensive the way those guys do it. It makes, the, uh, it makes all the sense in the world to me. So kudos to the fund industry for doing that kind of thing. Uh, everything that's really changed about the market over the past five, 10 years, you're starting to take income out. The, uh, CD rates being higher, the fixed annuity rates being a lot higher than they were a few years ago makes it so much more comfortable. Uh, the nice thing about the fixed index annuities is you can lock that rate in. It's good for the rest of your life. And I'm telling you as soon as the if they get if they succeed in creating another recession, the next thing that's going to happen is that interest rates are going to start to go back down again. That'll be great for the bond market. Uh, bond prices will go up, but the yield is still going down. So to prepare for that, you may want to take a look at locking some of that in over the next few months. Because you know, a year from now, if things keep going the way that they're going now, they're going to start cutting rates again. And so these short-term interest rates that are above 5% or 4% again for the first time in who knows how long, we may be only seeing these for, you know, a few months at a time. So, and uh, again, if you have any questions, you just want to uh, ask me a couple questions. My number is 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. And I'd be glad to take a look at your position, um, tell you what I would do if I were in your shoes. Um, a lot of that has to do with how much risk you want to take, by the way, that's the, uh, that's the main thing that. The the main job of a financial advisor is to try to help you manage your risk. A lot of people think it's to make the highest returns you can make. Well, not really, because the highest returns also involve the highest amount of risk. And not everybody is suited for that super high level of risk. Hell, there are a bunch of things I used to do that I'm never going to do again. Uh, I'm too old, and I don't have the recovery time. And if that were to go against me, uh, in a big way, I don't have the years left to, to try to make that back up. And by the way, I would have to keep doing those more risky things to try to make that money back in a decent amount in less than 10 years. So I hear, okay. Well, sorry about that. We're blacked out there for a little bit. And technology is wonderful until it isn't. And it's just crazy. I can't believe it. Well anyway. Okay. I've got to go back to a I gotta take a real quick commercial break. I'll be back after these messages. <laughs>
2: Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation.
1: You've heard the saying, all good things come to an end. Well, not always. Sometimes they just take a break. That's what's happening with our Lady of the Wayside's car donation program after 24 years and 96,000 rides donated. Pretty amazing. Here's the story. The car lot's owners sold the property making it impossible for car donations to be accepted at this time according to the wayside ceo terry davis the next right steps will be determined and communicated soon so stay tuned in the meantime terry and the entire team at the wayside thank you for your continued support of the 450 individuals with developmental disabilities in the wayside's care and please take note you can still support them by making a donation at wayside.org. Mm-hmm.
3: Have you been praying Thanks. and you still have no answer. I'm back. Have you Thanks. been called <laughs> Technical difficulties, gotta love them. Yeah. Oh. If you do want to call, my phone number is 330-715-0605. I might wait until after this show to call that number again is 330 uh, 0605 and uh, uh that was actually that's my cell phone number by the way my number in the office is 6640703306640700. 330 700 don't worry I get my I have a, on my cell phone all the time but uh yeah the office number is probably easier 330 700 and we will try to help you as much as we can and uh, you know, we were just talking a little bit about uh, fixed index annuities. I still think those are a great deal because when interest rates start going up and these bond funds start crashing, um, that's not cool. That's already been happening. Now that uh, uh, they're up higher, I don't know that they may keep going higher. So you've got more pain there. Uh, and that's where those fixed index annuities are just shine because they give you a guarantee. Uh, you know what you have. Uh, if uh, if something happens to you, you got different uh, setups that you can put add to the uh, the contract to make sure that your beneficiaries are going to get back minimally the amount that you've invested. I think about that for a second. If you had invested right in the year, you know, in November of 2007, right when the stock market all peaked, and then in March of 2009, when it was down 50 percent. And you had a heart attack as a result. Uh, if you any money that you had invested in one of those products, they would have taken a look at what you started with. Doesn't matter what it's worth today; they're going to give you what you started with because it's the higher of the two. And that's just one of the features. That's just one of the reasons that I like those things. And I've uh, had a lot of calls going, "Hey, why are you talking about that?" Well, because not everybody is a stock jockey. Uh, not everybody wants to buy stocks, and uh, put up with the volatility, and it's fine if you do. I, mean, I have some of everything, everything I ever talk about on this show I own personally, and there are reasons for it. I have got the fixed index annuity because I wanted to put a chunk of money over there. That If I got hit by a bus, um, my kids would inherit at least what I started with, and it actually goes higher than that. There are other guarantees that you can add to that if you'd like to, but that's the worst-case scenario. I put the money in there. Market were to go down fifty percent, and my money's the actual cash value is down significantly. And I uh, again, if I had an accident or something happened to me, they would actually pay my kids back the amount of money that I put in there to begin with. And that is the that's a really good deal. You you can't get that in an ETF or a mutual fund. It's so, but it's not for everybody. You know, a lot of people. I've got I do very little with individual stocks anymore. I'm going to start to do a little bit more this year. I decided because I just like it. I think there are some tools out there that make it a lot easier now to go through and select the stocks. But uh, I'm telling you, you're going to have a tough time. You have a really tough time beating the exchange-traded funds that are available out there. There's something else, another uh, uh, thought process that has been going through my mind, which would be why it would be a thought process. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kidding, kind of. But yeah. anyway, uh, the ETFs that have come out over the past five to ten years, there, there's a lot of them that are really good. They're, they're exactly the reason that I left in 2004 to start my own firm. And I don't hear anybody promoting or talking about them. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, most of them by now, because they've been around for several years, incidentally, that was one of the uh, reasons that I haven't used them. Earlier, I'm um, using a lot of them now in, in the portfolios that we're managing, but I didn't use them earlier because I had been in a, a lot of ETFs that did not attract enough in assets to keep the funds open. They don't charge a lot of money to run these strategies, so they've got to have hundreds of millions of dollars in them just to cover their expenses. And so a lot of them were not getting to that point, and they had to go away. But, uh, you know, I actually have a caller here, and uh, this is Larry, I guess, and he got a question regarding annuities. Uh, yeah. Hey, Bill. Um, what do you hey, think how are you? Immediate, yeah. What do you think of immediate annuities? I think in the right situation, it's the right thing to do. Um, I can tell you, my mom had, uh, my, my dad passed away, and uh, my mom's by herself now, and her health is... Starting to uh, deteriorate a little bit, and uh, but uh, for the first two years, though, you know, you can get a much higher income, and it's a guaranteed income from an immediate annuity than you're going to be able to get from a deferred annuity or CD. And uh, mm-hmm. it it really depends on the situation. She doesn't. My brothers and I we all talked about it. We're like, Hey, mom, we don't care if you don't leave us a dime. You know it, it, that. Don't be concerned with that. And it's, get the highest income you can find, and that's what I did. It just, I searched around, looked for the highest immediate annuity payout that pays for her life as long as she lives, and then uh, that's what she did. So, she gets that check, gets deposited into her checking account each month, and uh, life's good. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, if... She had gone out and gotten hit by a bus, you know, a week after she took her first payment. Well, <laughs> that, the insurance company owns the rest of the uh, uh, the money, and that was a risk I felt like it was worth taking. There are some other uh, circumstances there, and when we're talking to people about it, that those are the types of things that you need to know. If, if somebody's mm-hmm. married and the spouse is alive, well, that changes things a little bit. Uh, if somebody's not married and they look like they, they might have to go into a nursing home. Well, that changes things, uh, a little bit. So, uh, it's hard to come out with a blanket rule on just about anything anymore. Everything is just mm-hmm. really complicated. So you, you have to think about it, but I think, yeah, in the right scenario, you know, if, if I'm older, uh, if my kids are all fine, uh, doing well, uh, then, uh, and I just want to maximize the amount of income I can get on a guaranteed basis, that's probably something you should look at. Mm-hmm. Are, are there any annuities that are uh, indexed to inflation? Uh, not that I know of. And at some point in time, they, they may be. Um, there are some government securities that are indexed to inflation. The problem is you can't really buy enough of them to support an average household's income needs. You know it's not a because uh, get limited to ten thousand dollars on a lot of those. The ones that are indexed for inflation. So that that's a tough one. Um, that's where you. That's where the whole asset allocation thing came about: stocks, bonds, cash. Stocks mm-hmm. have the higher long-term track record, and they're your typically one of your better hedges against inflation. Uh, but you know, everybody's seen you know how volatile. Stock funds are, and uh, you know, if your luck is really bad, that that's where you have to really sit down and write. It doesn't have to be complicated, but you really need to know how much income can you get by on, and how much money do you have that you can uh, put in your savings to be able to supplement your income. And now, how much risk do you want to take with that? Uh, we've got these software packages. We just pop in the numbers, and it'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it, it's really a, it's not, a lot of people are in a really tough spot. I, I feel bad because they don't, they need to start teaching this in junior high. They really do. The, the percentages are not difficult. And the problem is you're going to get people that want to teach those classes in junior high and they're going to want to use all three and four syllable word uh, mathematical concepts that you probably won't get, see again until they get into college. And it's going to discourage those kids. That's the yeah, that's been my experience with a lot of that, not all of them, thank goodness. The uh, but uh, because I see people, you know, <laughs> when they get in their fifties uh, and sixties that are looking at all this math and going, "What the heck?" And so, a big part of my job is to is to translate. I'm the translator. Yeah, the, uh, and thankfully, some of the big firms out there put some really nice software together that helps to do that. And uh, I use it all the time. And uh, large, most of the stuff, like I, I pay a fortune, at least I think it's a fortune, to uh, Morningstar for their data, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't dare set that report in front of anybody. And what I learned a long time ago, it is so complicated and uses so much advanced math that nobody understands it. And uh, mm-hmm. even after you've, you know, you could spend a, a few hours explaining what those reports mean, and and. On their way home, they're going to forget half of it. Two days later, they'll forget 30% of it. You'll be lucky if they remember 20% of the material. So I think that's an industry problem that we all have. I know it is. But anyway, I've only got about 60 seconds. Was there anything else you wanted me to touch on? No, that's it. Other than I I hope you do a show on Medicare pretty soon. Looking forward to that. Okay. (laughs) All right. I will uh, get my old book out. Look up the, the new changes, and we'll get on the schedule. But you have a good weekend, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Um, hey, this is uh, Bill Bullington. If you want to talk with me, um, just go to my website and reach out to us there. Uh, it's BullingtonCapital.com, or you can call 330-664-0700. Uh, I'm uh, that generation that's half old school, half new school. <laughs> And I'll tell you that these younger people love to make changes. I mean, it's unbelievable how much uh, they'll change their software over a four or five-year time period. It boggles my mind, actually over a one-year time period. Anyway, I hear the music. That means i got to go. Have a good week. Good luck, everybody. Good investing.
2: The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military.
1: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary,
0: Flynn. Flynn